0: dive into the world of dance at the Victorian College of the Arts. Their program offers a unique blend of artistry, performance, and a choreographic practice within an inclusive environment. As an undergraduate student, you explore contemporary dance, physical theatre, ballet, urban dance, and more in a collaborative studio lab setting. At honours level, specialise in performance skills, choreographic practice, or dance research. Plus, benefit from the proximity of local choreographers and companies including Philip Adams, Stephanie Lay Company, Lucy Guerin, Chunky Move and Dance House. Through professional placements, their students have the opportunity to develop pathways for their future careers through these relationships and networks. Consider a variety of bachelor, master's and even doctorate programs available according to your needs. Join them and unleash your artistic potential at the Victorian College of the Arts. Learn more through the link in the descriptions below. So when I met you, I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually the first time I've ever met a published author. Like, I've never really met, you know, like a JK Rowling or a George R.R. Martin. And then I've met somebody who's actually written the book. I don't
1: think I can be compared with them. <laughs>
0: and I was like, oh my gosh, this is an incredible experience. And, you know, four years later, I've got my hands on the book actually. Hello and welcome to The Background Dancer. I'm your host Jason Yup. Thank you for joining me with our community of passionate dance contributors from around the world and across different fields. In this weekly podcast I offer educational conversations, and insightful tips to help you better understand all things offstage about this curious art form. For this episode, I speak to Adele Quinn, Senior Lecturer and Program Leader of the Bachelor's and Master's in Dance Science, at the University of Chichester about safe dance practices, the importance of dance science. Hello, Idel. First of all, such an honor to have you on the show. I would just like to say welcome to The Background Dancer. It's been such a long time since I've been meaning to speak to you. So it's so great just to have you back here.
1: Well, I just want to say a big thank you, Jason, for inviting me to contribute to this podcast. Um, I feel completely honoured and I'm delighted to see what you've been getting up to since we last met about four years ago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. So for the listeners, just a little overview. I met Adele so fortunately when she was undergoing a lecturer's exchange with Trinity Laban, HKAPA back in 2017, if I'm not mistaken. And she was there for about three to four months. And that was really sort of my entry point into Science. Although I was already attending many classes at the APA, I think Idel was definitely the person that sort of invigorated a spirit of dance science for me. And to kick things off, can you bring us through your journey? You, like most of us, was a professional dancer. You were also dancing uh, Irish folk and also contemporary dance. But what was your journey into the dance science? Take us through that, please.
1: Well, I th- my first um introduction to dance science was actually during my undergraduate degree in dance and when I was doing my dissertation I was particularly interested in looking at the the psychological demands of being a dancer on tour because that's something that I had um, already experienced myself. I had been touring professionally with a traditional Irish dance performance company called Riverdance and um, I had spent five years touring around the world performing eight shows a week and um, for many many weeks at a time And it was very demanding, very fabulous, wonderful experience in my life. But I was also just aware of sort of the toll that that can take sometimes when you're surrounded by the same people all the time uh, moving around. So it's very hard to make connections with people outside of that bubble that that is your company Um, And I was curious about whether that had been researched previously and and how we might learn from uh, dancers' experiences of that uh, way of touring. So that was the topic for my undergraduate um, dissertation project. And through that, I discovered the Masters in Dance Science programme at Trinity Lab and Conservatoire of Music and Dance, And I started that in 2004 and finished it in 2005. It was just a one-year intensive programme. And since then, my life has been all things dance science. I've really discovered um, everything. Well, not everything, because obviously there's lots of things. But I've discovered an awful lot about what dance science is and what it can be. And uh, I've become a real advocate for sharing all things dance science with anyone who will listen, really. So that's why I like to accept to do these these podcasts. Because I really feel that whether you're a dancer, whether you're a teacher, whether you're an artistic director, a choreographer, whether you're dancing recreationally or dancing professionally, whether your style is traditional folk or is modern Uh, ballet then I feel like dance science has something to offer you and um, I just really want to share that with as many people Mm. as I can.
0: For those who may not know much about dance sciences and definitely I don't think I know that much but the things that I know like some of the pillars of dance science for example psychology, we have nutrition, we have, what else do we have? We have uh, wellness, right? We have all these different types of dance science faculties. Can you also bring us through some that are missing outcome?
1: Yeah, of course. So so the thing about dance science is that it's quite interdisciplinary. Um, One might even say it's maybe multidisciplinary. So it involves lots of different disciplines, some of which you'll see in, in for example, sports and exercise science. So physiology and nutrition is one pillar of dance science. And this is looking at the cardiorespiratory demands, the metabolic demands. So what uh, uh, demands are placed upon our energy systems when we dance? And how do we optimize the use of those energy systems through the right approach to our training, the right amount of balance of rest to support that training, and the right amount of fuel through nutrition and hydration also to support that training. So in a nutshell, that's sort of what physiology is, Mm. trying to support the sort of engines of the body, the muscles and the heart and the blood flow and the lungs to work as effectively as possible through our training or sleep and or nutrient intake. Another pillar of dance science is biomechanics, and that's looking at the musculoskeletal system, the neuromusculoskeletal system, so bringing in the nerves, muscles and the skeleton, the joints and the bones, and using that knowledge to explore um, how we might most efficiently and effectively use our dancing body, looking at the forces that our body produces and also the forces that are um, uh, acting upon our body as we move. So, for example, when we land from a jump or when we go into a plié, or a bended knee position, we are actually transmitting forces through our body into the floor and we are receiving forces from the floor coming back into our body. And so biomechanics examines uh, those movement, um, p- that movement potential and tries to minimise unnecessary forces and maximise those positive forces that help us get those highest jumps, but also help us to land effectively biomechanics can also look at equipment as well so looking at the floor surface that we're dancing on or the shoe type that we're wearing or the angle of a certain um uh, uh limb in relation to the rest of the body etc so biomechanics is another pillar and then psychology would be another key pillar of um of dance science and that is looking really towards uh, performance psychology so looking at how we might optimize our mind towards uh, better performance potential, for example, and how we might reduce uh, the impact of negative um, psychological um, states. And then something that's, I think, very specific and unique to uh, dance science that doesn't quite exist within sports and exercise science is the role of somatics and somatic practices and somatic education. And really, that is something that honors and acknowledges and values the embodied knowledge that dancers bring and there are also lots of different codified somatic practices some of the listeners may have heard of things like Feldenkrais technique or um, body mind centering or Alexander technique and these are all holistic mind body movement-based practices that are about uh, trying to enhance movement potential and movement efficiency with the body through doing. It's sort of an acknowledgement of the body as centre rather than the theory as centre. And that is something I think that's quite a unique pillar um, to dance science. And maybe just beyond the disciplines themselves, there's also the overarching aim of dance science, which is worth sharing with your listeners if they're not familiar with what dance science is. And so the overarching aims of dance science are really to optimize dancer potential and to minimize injury risk. So we're kind of looking at what we do in the dance world and we're trying to make it better. We're trying to advance and enhance it through a research informed approach so not just traditional or hand-me-down or my teacher said and therefore it's great or my choreographer (laughs) did and therefore i'm going to do it too but it's using a rigorous research underpinned approach to trying to advance and enhance what we do um within the dance Mm. sector so i hope that gives a little insight into some of the pillars of dance science and what dance science aims to do in general
0: absolutely well i have couple of friends, I think, who are actually doctors, right? And many of them actually had dance interests, you know, going back before they pursued their medical degrees. And then one or two, very few of them were dancers who wanted to do something else like the medical sciences. So maybe just to go a little bit deeper into your explanations of dance science, is there a schism or is there some kind of very distinct difference between the medical science and dance science. I know it maybe comes under that umbrella, but if you're sort of distinguishing it, how can one do that?
1: Yeah, well, I think it is an important thing to maybe show the continuum, because I feel like it's a continuum rather than um, a schism, as, as, as you, you have um, yeah. used that word. So yeah, I think it's a continuum. So um, if we think of the International body that represents dance medicine at the moment. It's called the International Association for Dance Medicine and Science. So it combines medicine and science, and within that banner, there's also the somatic provision and pedagogical approaches, etc. And the mission statement for IADMS, which is the acronym for the International Association for Dance Medicine and Science, the IADMS mission is to enhance um, the health well-being, training and performance in dance by cultivating medical, scientific and educational excellence. And so to come back to your question about the difference between dance medicine and dance science, dance medicine is much more of the clinical end. So that might be your doctors, the surgeons, physiotherapists, osteopaths, Those who are more on the clinical side of treating dancers, yeah, either manually or through surgery. Um, Dance science is much more uh, maybe broad in its scope, in that me, as a graduate of dance science and as a dance science educator, researcher, and practitioner, I cannot treat dancers for their injuries but I can educate dancers about the injury risks. I can educate them about how to reduce those injury risks. I can provide uh, dance specific training that is research informed, but that might help them to stop those um, injury risks. But I am not qualified to treat a dancer medically. And I think that's mm. the key, key distinction. So some physiotherapists will have done dance science programs some physiotherapists will not. Um, some physiotherapists will do a dance science program after they've done their physiotherapy masters and some will go on from a dance science masters and pursue physiotherapy. So, um, And what I think is very exciting now in this world of possibilities that we have uh, is that there are many professional dancers who are retiring into retraining into either dance science or dance medicine pathways And that just brings an even stronger um, community for our budding dancers to go to for support and education and training and medical advice as they progress through their own dance experiences. Mm -hmm. So it's a very exciting time, really.
0: Hey. Jason here with a special message for you to help and continue serving our beloved performing arts community. So here's what you can do. Share this with one person you believe with this episode can benefit and attach a personal note explaining why. This way, you are not only helping me grow this show, but also adding value to those you truly care about. Massive appreciation as it means the world to me, and let's get right back to the show. Well, that's a perfect segue into my next question, because I was just about to ask you, how has the field of dance science maybe grown over the past decade? And what are some things that maybe we could still improve on in that particular field?
1: Well, dance science is still relatively young. Dance medicine and science is still relatively young. The International Association IADAMS that I mentioned um, is uh, only just 30 years young still, 31 <laughs> years young. Um, so, it, you know, I'm older than it, basically. Um, I'm older than than sort of the, the, the organization that represents uh, dance medicine and science. So we've progressed massively in the last three decades um, in terms of research, but also in terms of education. But we still have a long way to go. But we're doing all the right things and we've got all the right people in place. Some of the things that I think we've developed really well recently is getting a bit more um, in depth with our understanding of injury epidemiology. So being able to track the nature, the severity um, of injury and the impact of injury. Um, And so there are colleagues such as uh, Dr. Sarah Kenny at the University of Calgary that are doing that really well. Um, She's not the only one. They're not the only team. There are many around the world, too many to mention, but that's one group of researchers and um, applied practitioners that are doing that really well. Another area that we are moving forward with is our understanding of some of the physiological demands of dance. But again, we have a, a long way to go. There are challenges with understanding the physiological demands of dance because dance is an art form and we have costumes and um, lighting and all that artistic aesthetic element that is very hard to then strap a load of equipment on during a performance and try and capture what's going on inside those dancers bodies and also a performance of uh, a classical ballet will be very different to a performance by, you know, Hoffa Schechter, for example. So the nature of, of what professional dance is in our concert, uh, Western concert dance world is very broad. And so mm. it, one study isn't going to tell us everything. Um, we have been very fortunate, a team of uh, myself and colleagues from the University of Chichester just last year, just before the pandemic took hold and canceled performances here in the UK We managed to get um, some heart rate monitors on professional dancers with the Riverdance Dance Dance Company um, on their 25th anniversary tour and uh, we had all the dancers in the cast, the leads and the the troop members and we measured their heart rate and rate of perceived exertion across um, two performances, a matinee and an evening. And we've been able to do some analysis on that data and we're going to be joining the the company again hopefully when they return on tour this coming september um here in the uk and be able to track how that how their physiological parameters change across time across the duration of a long tour but that's the first time we've done um anything like that has been done live in in a performance setting so there's a lot to be done i think the other key area when you ask what's been done and what still needs to be done we are not very diverse In our dance science research at the moment, the dominant research that exists out there is within ballet and modern or contemporary dance styles. And so we need to, as we grow as an area of study, an area of research, an area of practice, we need to be much more open to the range of not just diverse dance styles, but different cultural settings with which dance takes place and also different abilities and disabilities within the dance world mm-hmm. and re- trying to research and understand those much more so. So we're progressing at a rate of knots, but we have uh, a nanny strides still to take, which makes it still all the more exciting.
0: Absolutely. though. Thank you for that. Now, I have many friends who always come up to me and say, hey, Jason, what should I do for my master's or my postgraduate? And when they mention dance science, I always go, absolutely. Yeah, go, go for it. Right. But I'm not quite sure they actually know what to expect from it. So this is a perfect opportunity to talk about that for any of these aspiring dance science specialists, postgraduate pursuers, like What can one expect and who do you think dance science is most suitable for?
1: Well, I think that depends on um, what they want it for. So let me take a step back maybe. I um, work in UK higher education and i worked in dance conservatories, which have undergraduate degrees in dance and dance science um, and master's programs in dance and dance science. So MAs and MSCs, BAs and BSCs. And, um, It is interesting because the dance science students on a BSc Bachelor of Science or an MSc Master of Science programme, they have certain expectations, they've had certain education across their years of their study that prepare them for doing a dissertation in a dance science-related topic. Often I find that uh, BA students or MA students who I end up supervising might say, I want to do a topic in dance science. And really, we need to really refine that because their their exposure to the multidisciplinary elements of dance science is quite narrow. Um, And their understanding of the method is also often quite narrow. And those are the two things that need working on, need refining. So I always encourage the anyone who comes to me and says I'd like to do a dissertation in dance science or I'd like to pursue dance science in for in future, I always encourage that because I think that's absolutely wonderful. But I think you're right, there is a sense of trying to get that individual aware of what that actually means. And for me there are maybe different uh, different two different camps of 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 dance science stakeholders if we want to put it that way and um, maybe there are more than that but there are sort of the people that do dance science and there are the people that receive dance science and implement it and I suppose for me the distinction is if you're doing the dance science you are doing the research you are part of something that is moving the dance science discipline moving the dance science field forward if you're a user of dance science you are someone who engages with the dance science that has been done by others implements it into your own practice or uh, your practice with other dancers if you're an artistic director or choreographer or a teacher um, and then you might question it because you're living it in person and then you might feed back to the research pop the team and say well that all sounds great on paper but in reality it's not quite working so can we team up kind of thing so sometimes dancers will come to me with an interest in a dance science dissertation or an interest in a dance science pathway because they've been on the user end of dance science previously and what they uh, need to work through is whether they want to continue to explore that user end or whether they want to sort of switch over to the doer end the doer side Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's really what I think is, um, is an interesting way to understand the multiple ways in which you can engage with dance science. And to answer your question, who is dance science for, I think it is for everyone, because because of those global overarching aims of optimizing performance in, in in a dance context reducing injury risk which ultimately means enhancing well-being and prolonging dance participation then that applies to the 4-year-old who's taking a movement class for the first time right through to the 90-year-old who's still moving to keep socially engaged and physically healthy through their latter years right through to the professional dancer and everyone in between so dance science is applicable to everyone and Mm -hmm. i think there are different ways in for people to engage with it at the level that they feel is most relevant for them everything from resource papers that are freely available um, on the internet to journal articles that are a bit more maybe unwieldy unless you know the science behind it to textbooks to Mm -hmm. podcasts like this one so i think there are lots of different ways in to engage with dance science at the level that's right for you
0: Hey everyone, if you're like me and prioritize online privacy and security, you're going to love NordVPN. Not only does NordVPN safeguard your internet connection and protect your personal data from hackers and snoopers, but it also offers an amazing advantage. Seamless access to geo-blocked content on platforms like Netflix. With NordVPN, you can browse the web with peace of mind and enjoy your favorite shows and movies from anywhere in the world. Plus, their user-friendly interface makes it easy for anyone to stay protected online. And here's the best part. NordVPN offers a 30-day money-back guarantee, so you can try it risk-free. Trust me, I've been using this for two years now, and it has totally changed my life. What's more, you can get the basic plan for as low as $5 a month, By signing up through the referral link below, you not only support your online peace of mind, but also help me and the continuity of this show. So, sign up for NordVPN today and let's serve smarter and safer together. I'm speaking with Adele Quinn, former program leader of the Masters in Dance Sciences at Trinity Laban Conservatoire of Music and Dance in London, UK. She also serves on the Education Committee of the International Association for Dance Medicine and Science, (IADMS). She is a registered course provider with Safe in Dance International and is a listed Dance UK Healthier Dancer speaker. For this week's special shout-out... We hear from Joanna Ho, who is a dear friend of mine and expert violinist as well as ballerina from a beautiful hometown of Kotokinabalu, and she says, Congrats on your very own podcast launch. I'm so impressed. It's amazing and I love the content. It requires good concentration and brain space on the listener side though, because there's just so much information but I'm sure it will get people thinking more about these different aspects of performing arts that you're bringing to surface here. It's one of a kind. Also, most shows create and exude energy from the interaction between multiple speakers, but it's just you, so good job presenting all by yourself. Thank you so much, Joanna. And yes, when I do my solo renditions, I try my very best to make it as entertaining as possible, but also as educational as possible. So I hope you've been able to learn something from all of the solo shows that I've done so far, because now it's really just a mix and match of interviews as well as solo editions. And that's it for this week's special shout-outs. Prior to her transition into the dance sciences, Adele was trained in Irish folk and contemporary dance before touring full-time as a troupe member and lead dancer with Riverdance The Show. In 2015, the book Safe Dance Practice was published as a result of her co-authorship with Sonia Rafferty and Charlotte Tomlinson. Well, you already mentioned it, textbooks. Um, one of the books that I've been super fortunate to also get my hands on is your book, uh, Safe Dance Practice. It was courtesy of Brenton himself uh, as a parting gift uh, when I graduated from the APA. So you've mentioned so many of these different pathways for dance science specialists, and one of them is definitely being an author, a researcher. How has it been like finishing that book? Because that's one of the bestsellers we have in dance. uh, Not even just in dance science, but in dance, right? I see this book everywhere in the world. So yes, tell us a bit about that, please.
1: Well, first of all, I have to acknowledge that it's a co-authored book. I don't know if I'd have been able to do it by myself for sure. So co-authored book by my fabulous colleagues, uh, Sonia Rafferty and Charlotte Tomlinson. And um, thank you to Human Kinetics who, who saw fit to, to publish it. Um, yeah, so the aim of that textbook was to, again, bring uh, dan- research-informed dance science recommendations, really, to a dance population, dance teaching population, um, because we were finding that a lot of the dance programs were beginning to implement some dance science education into their courses and there was lots of different um, journal articles out there and the International Association for Dance Medicine and Science have a journal, the Journal of Dance Medicine and Science. And there's also Medical Problems for Performing Artists, which is uh, from, the, um, from PAMA, the Performing Arts, um, oh goodness, I can't remember the full name, I'm so used to calling it <laughs> <at> PAMA, <laughs> Performing Arts Medical Association. Mm. From Inside Medicine Association, so there are lots of different journals out there, and there were also some textbooks, the odd textbook here and there. One of the ones that was a go-to for me was the Fit and Healthy Dancer, which was published in nineteen ninety-nine, I think. Um, but that mainly focused on physiological aspects, and so what Sonia, Charlotte, and I, my our co-authors, we were um, working. In this area of safe dance practice, we were delivering courses and workshops and implementing them into our programs, um, and we realised that there was a gap, really, in terms of bringing this information all into one place, specifically for um, for dancers and teachers, but predominantly for those that were also either studying to be a teacher or studying to be a dancer, and so there were elements of dance science within their program. Um so yeah, we, we we pulled this textbook together. If you ask what the experience was like, it was a roller coaster. <laughs> I'm very thankful to have been in on the journey with the two wonderful people, Sonia and Charlotte, uh, which was a great experience because inevitably when we go through these processes, we have moments where we question ourselves and we feel not very confident of of how we're presenting what we want to present or who's gonna take it on board. And having three of us meant that, you know, when one person was in that place of question or challenge or life or work commitments became too much to be able to complete some of our tasks, then there was somebody else available to take it on. Um, And it also meant that we had an internal kind of copyright um, or copy editing process with each other. So we would write our bit, and then we would give it to another co-author, and they would look at it, and they'd be your critical friend, and then they'd pass it on, and and that meant that the journey was less lonesome, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, and we probably got to a, a greater place of refinement with the drafts before they were sent to the to the publisher, because we had that trio of um, uh, overlooking everybody's work before it then went to the to to the publisher for their copy edit. But I'm delighted to hear that you're finding it um, of use. And we do get very um, pleased when we get feedback from from dancers who say that's been my go-to textbook or that's made me change the way I approach my warm-up or that's made me think more about how I can implement some psychological skills strategies to help myself stay motivated. And those are the reasons that we wrote that book. And those are the things that we love to, the feedback that we love to hear back about its usefulness for the very people we intended it to be useful for.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, like I remember the first time, I think I met you before you came to APA at the items conference in HKAPA, right? And at the time I already knew about the book. So when I met you, I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually the first time I've ever met a published author. Like I've never really met, you know, like a J.K. Rowling or a George R.R. R. Martin. And then I've met somebody who's actually written the book. Don't
1: think I can be compared <laughs> with
0: them. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is an incredible experience. And, you know, four years later, I've got my hands on the book, actually. So, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to keep this book well taken care of and yeah it's just one of the best things I have in my possession right now
1: <laughs> I have to say this reminds me of my very first IADAMS conference I went to in Stockholm in 2005 and I was confronted by all these fabulous authors uh, journal article authors and researchers and practitioners that I had been reading through my master's year and to meet them all in person and to, to kind of realize that, oh my goodness, they're they're human mm-hmm. and they're lovely yeah. and they're really supportive. And I think that's something else that I have really found within this dance science community is that we are all so passionate about what we do, that we are all so supportive of each other, because mm-hmm. ultimately we all want the same outcome, which is to help those in dance to do what they do better, more informed more safe for longer. And so we're all in there for the shared goal. And I think that, that that is a wonderful thing that binds the dance science community together really well.
0: Well, I definitely need to get you on another time to speak more about the iAdams, but um, you are also on the education committee of the iAdams right now. Could you maybe give a really sort of brief overview as to what that job entails and what are your responsibilities maybe?
1: Yeah, so the IADAMS Education Committee is currently chaired by Ellie Kushner, who um is a graduate of the Dance Science Programme at Trinity Laban and works um as a Pilates practitioner and movement expert um at um at Juilliard in in, in New York. So the, the Dance Educators Committee is a committee that is part of iAdams and our remit is to try to bring um, dance science research to a wider audience so some of what the dance education committee does is we have a facebook page so come and join us maybe um, jason i can send you the um the Absolutely. links to the group um, yep. afterwards um, And uh, there are also on the iAdams website, so www.iadms.org, iadams.org. On the website, there are some free resources, and those resources are resource papers that, again, distill the science research-informed journal articles and studies into slightly more user-friendly information, things like information on warming up and cooling down, on point readiness, when am I ready to go on point? On nutrition and hydration for the dancer, um, on uh, things, certain elements of anatomy like the shoulder complex and, and how it works, and how we might explore the movement potential in the shoulder complex. Um, also, some psychological elements such as uh, perfectionism in dance, um, also, uh, the use of the mirror in the dance class. And uh, one which is quite useful, and we use this if our dancers need to sit out from class, if they need to sit out and observe, there's um, a, um, a class participation sh- observation guidance for if a dancer is injured and they need to to observe class rather than partake in class. There's some guidance for the teacher and some guidance for the student, themse- student dancer themselves about what they might be able to observe during that time and how they might be able to engage with the class even if they need to observe. So the remit of the Dance Educators Committee is really to try to um, advocate for dance science informed practice um, at the user end, so with the dancers, with mm. the dance teachers, um, in both the private sector as well, which is a harder group of people to to target or to access is those that run their private studios. Um, But that's that's our aim. And uh, uh, we we have a member. We have members from America, from the UK, from uh, the US, from Singapore, uh, from South Africa. So we have different representations um, uh, trying to be as globally representative as we can be. So I would love to um, give the link to the Dance Educators Committee Facebook group, because we also hold kind of. Uh, late upcoming they're having messy conversations and uh, I think and that's what they're titling them which I think are really valuable so messy conversations in the field so questions that uh, you know raise some some debate and what's the research behind it and what are the practitioners feeling and sensing and where's the disjoint Mm. between that and where's the connection between that so those messy conversations will be available for people to get involved with as well over the coming months and years.
0: Wonderful wonderful I think It's such a huge world, even just talking about the uh, iAdams itself. It's one organization, but a multinational, international organization, right? From all over the world. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people are hoping one day to be part of this because it is an incredible community. So maybe if someone was to... Pursue dance science and maybe have already started their journeys. Like, what advice would you be able to give somebody and make it maybe less daunting if it is for anyone?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I would say that don't be um, don't be in awe of the people that you're reading of the publications <laughs> that you're reading. Um, all of those people. And all of those studies that you've read will have ha, will have a journey to tell, a story to tell about their journey for sure. And sometimes when we only see the end product, I think it's often if we think of when we see a, a performance on the stage, we think, oh my gosh, they make that look so effortless. And we forget all the years of training that's gone into that, all the, year, all the injury that has had to be overcome, all the moments of, will I get the contract, will I not? And it's the same with 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 dance science and with journal articles and with publications and with books. We see the end product and we think, wow, wow, isn't that amazing? That person must be amazing. But that person has also had, you know, their trials and tribulations um along the way and they're still learning themselves. And to come back to that idea of the dance science community, everybody is really willing to um to help and to support those who might be starting out on their journey. So sometimes I if students come to me, because um I didn't mention at the beginning, but I'm currently leading uh, an undergraduate dance science program, the first um, undergraduate BSc honours dance science program with an integrated fourth year of a master's um, here at the University of Chichester in the UK. And uh, if students come to me and with an idea that they want to research or with a paper that they've read that they're particularly interested in, I will often say, see the, see the contact details down at the bottom, go contact that researcher and 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 see if they're willing to share a little bit more with you or or see if they're if they're willing to have a a a conversation over email or uh, see if they're if they happen to be having a, a one week work shadowing placement opportunity that you could do so I think to reach out to um the people that you're reading about and the people that are producing the work that you're reading um to reach out to that community to connect and I've spoken about I Adams but You're right, there are many other organizations and groups uh, that represent dance science. So in Germany, there's Tanz Medicine, um, Tanz Medicine. Uh, In Japan, there's the uh, Japanese Association for Dance Medicine and Science. and there are other groups. Uh, Norway has their own dance medicine, uh, dance science uh, Facebook group. Uh, Denmark has its own dance science Facebook group. Um, Greece has its own dance science Facebook groups. Uh, Brazil has a burgeoning dance science community there as well. So there are different dance science pockets of community around um, the world in, in in different nations. So please do check out what's happening in your local area as well. And I think ask questions. Sometimes I feel that those of us who have come from a dance background are more used to being kind of quiet until asked our opinion. Mm. And I think um, in within dance science, we need to be bold enough to to ask questions, ask questions of ourselves, of our practice, but also of our peers and also of those experts that we might perceive as being experts who are already out there working in this this area. Ask them questions. No question is not valid. So ask them what their experience was, what their journey is, how they did what they're doing, where they feel the gaps are, what, what advice they might have. And I think the other thing is small steps make a difference. This is something that I find in with my dance and dance science students sometimes is that they want to change the world um, very quickly. <laughs> yep, yep. And one thing that I've learned over the years is that we can't change the world very quickly. But one thing done right that we can get the correct message out multiple times will eventually have that ripple effect so one raindrop won't quench a fire but multiple different raindrops will eventually create a thunderstorm and that thunderstorm will be enough to quench the fire so we need to really think that we are each playing our small part nobody can do everything nobody will do everything we're looking at a multidisciplinary um, idea of dance science And we are looking at a broad application potential to different dance settings and different dance styles. So nobody can do everything. And if we each just play our little part along the way, then hopefully all those little raindrops will create that thunderstorm and the change will will happen.
0: Well, fantastic, Adele. I mean, there's so much more to unravel about dark science and the eye atoms. And that's that, that's why I really need to get you on again another time. But before we wrap things up today, I have two bonus questions for you that are a little bit more experimental. I love these kinds of questions because yeah they just bring out something in my guests so first and foremost you've had an you have a great impact on me personally and i'm pretty sure for my peers as well back then we all really enjoyed the exchange but let's take it one step further yeah like what do you wish for people to maybe say or think about you when you have finally retired
1: (laughs) oh my goodness that's a really good question i (sighs) I've never thought about this before, so I'm going to go with my gut response. I would hope that people would say, she cared. That's pretty much it, I think. Mm. Because I think ultimately, I do care. I care that I, the work that I do is good enough for me to be comfortable to put it out there. And I care that what I'm putting out there is really for the benefit of others and not for the benefit of myself. And I hope that when I retire, when I'm dead and gone, (laughs) that if anybody remembers me for anything I've done in in dance science or in dance in general, I hope that they would sit there and go, do you know what? She cared. I may not have always agreed with what she did or how she did it or why she did it, but she cared. And I think that's what I would really um, Mm. like for people to say.
0: All right. Final question. Adele, personally for you, what makes a dancer?
1: Oh, wow, that is such a huge one. You can't believe you finished on that. <laughs> <laughs> what makes a dancer? I think somebody who dances. I really do think it's as simple as that. I, I get a bit frustrated sometimes by this idea of um, a dancer only being considered as someone who is at the top of their profession and i think i think anyone who dances is a dancer whether that's boogieing in in their kitchen to release some Mm -hmm. um to, to release some need to move or going to a recreational class once a week um to someone who is at the at the top of their profession i think I think that's what makes somebody a dancer is the fact that they dance. Hmm. And I know that kind of goes against maybe what we think of when we think of a dancer and what makes a dancer. And maybe that goes against some of what um, dance science is trying to do in terms of optimize the performance potential predominantly of those in the profession. But, for me, dance is something that people who move to music do do you know dance is dance and and I think when we start um compartmentalizing it too much into this elite category, we lose the essence ultimately of of what dance is and what dance can be and Maybe that's because my introduction into dance was was through a folk style that mm-hmm. I still have that this inherent idea that. Um, dance is sort of part of being human and it's part of how we exist in the world. And so for me, anyone who dances is a dancer.
0: Well, I am in total agreement with you, Adal. So we definitely are on the same page in that sense, democratising the accessibility for dance from many, many different aspects. When I think about dance science, I think about you, Adele, and therefore I really need to get you back onto the show. There's so much more to unravel here and I can't wait to have another conversation with you. But once again, thank you so, so much for being on the show. Thank you for contributing to the Background Dancer Podcast. Thank you so much, Adele.
1: Jason, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to chat with you and I'd be delighted to do it again.
0: My guest today has been Adele Quinn. A leading expert in dance science and currently program leader of the dance science faculty at the University of Chichester. Check out the show notes for more information regarding Adele’s work with the university, as well as her other involvements with the I Adams or the Safe and in Dance International Organisation. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast if you like it, share it out to a friend as well. And hey, reach out to me via social media or my email at backgrounddancer, that's two Ds, backgrounddancer.jy at gmail.com. But don't worry, all the links are in the show notes below. So go ahead and smash those lovely, lovely buttons. Once again, Appreciate your time, stay healthy, stay happy, and I'll see you in the next one. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe, comment, and leave a review on your designated podcast and social media platforms. If you found this interesting or helpful, feel free to share with members of your community so that they too may connect with us in our quest to foreground dance in the background. I'm Jason Yupp of The Background Dancer, and as always, catch you next time. If you're listening to this, you are most definitely a dance enthusiast, maybe even one for dance science. Well, why not join the International Association for Dance, Medicine and Science, or IADMS for short, and become part of a global community dedicated to supporting dancers and performers worldwide. With active members from over 50 countries, including experts in dance, medicine and science, IADMS provides a diverse network of support and resources. As a member, you'll gain access to exclusive benefits such as discounts to year-round events, their vast collection of e-learning opportunities, and a subscription to the Journal of Dance Medicine and Science, amongst other incredible and unique offers. Join the mission for better outcomes and apply for an iAdams membership today. Click the link in the descriptions below for more info.